Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. 1 Peter 5. Let's begin there in the middle of verse 5. God resists the proud. How many of you know if I have pride in my heart and mind, it's going, to meet, it's going to meet the resistance of God. What do you think my chances of winning are against the mighty hand of God? God resists the proud, but He gives grace, favor, and ability to the humble. Therefore, Humble yourselves. Don't ask God to do it. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Can I ask you something? What's more powerful than the mighty hand of God? ISIS? The government? Nuclear bomb? Nothing is more powerful than the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you, that is promote you, lift you up out of the dire circumstances and pain that you are in. Keep humbling yourself and the promises that is if you do that, how do you humble yourself, pastor? Remember, admit that you're totally dependent on him. Don't act like you're self-sufficient. Self-sufficiency leads to independence. Independence leads to disobedience. Why did Lucifer get kicked out of heaven? Self-sufficiency, I will place my throne above God. Independence, he carried one-third of the angels of heaven with him in his rebellion, and disobedience, and was cast to the earth. Humble yourself. Admit you're totally dependent. Submit in obedience to His Word, His ways, His time. Even if the process means suffering out of our own, from our own desires, staying in a place of obedience. If we will humble ourselves... How many of you know humbling yourself sometimes doesn't mean you get to skip the pain? Just because I humble myself doesn't mean that I don't have to go through anything. There's a process there. But the intention and the faithfulness of God is that as we continue to do that, He will promote and exalt and lift us up. Notice when He says He will do it. In do time. Who knows when due time is? Nobody's sitting here. Only God. But notice as we said last week, there's no period there. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, and here's how you do it. Verse 7, take all your worry, care, and anxiety and cast them on Him. 
The word cast is the Greek word eparipto. It means to violently, as an act of your will, thrust. It means when you begin to sense worry, fear, or anxiety rising up in the realm of your mind, you are to take a bold step against it and to violently thrust it on the Lord. I am to cast, thrust, violently cast. All of my worry, fear, and anxiety. If you play around with worry, fear, and anxiety, it will continue to get a hold that is going to be hard to break. The way we humble ourselves in this context is by thrusting our worry, care, and anxiety over on Him. If I carry my own worry, care, and anxiety, I am acting like I am sovereign. I'm acting like I am in control. I'm acting like I am responsible for the final result. I am acting like I can change something that I don't have the power to change. I worry, I fear, I get anxious when I believe that I am responsible for the final result instead of just the process of obedience. I am to immediately and violently cast all my care. All my care about how it's going to turn out. All of my care about what others are choosing that I don't have any control over. All of my worries, fears, and anxieties, I am to violently cast those over on the Lord. Eparipto violently cast, immediately, as an act of my will. You can't be passive about this. Your mind and your emotions will take you over, and if your mind and emotion takes you over, the spirit man will not be led by the Holy Spirit of God. You'll be drowned out with the voices of anxiety and worry and fear. I humble myself by casting all my care over on him for verse 7 he cares for everybody say me do you believe that no I mean do you really believe that he has your highest and best in his mind and in his heart I only worry when I don't really believe He has my best interest at heart. Only things I worry about are those that I don't really believe with all my heart that He has my best interest in in His own heart and mind. So what do I need to do? I'm talking to the choir here. When I see worry, fear, or anxiety rising up on my inner man, I need to say to the Lord, I am going to immediately stand against that, and I want to admit to you and ask your forgiveness for my own unbelief, not believing that you're at work to bring about my highest and best. That's why I'm worried and staying up at night, because I don't really believe you've got it. I don't know about you, but all the time and energy I have ever spent in worry, fear, or anxiety has not changed one thing. It's caused me to lose sleep, lose health, 
get out of fellowship with the Lord, I have never accomplished one thing that's any good by worry, fear, and anxiety. I hear people say, well, pastor, everybody worries. Can I tell you something? Everybody's not the standard. It's the Word of God that's the standard. So i got to be responsible for my inner man. In my, and let me tell you something. This is not a once and for all thing. <laughs> we are going to have to walk with the Spirit. We're going to have to continually ask for forgiveness. We're going to have to continue to ask for special grace. We're going to have to continue to take a stand based on the Word of God and be diligent about it. Look at verse 8. Be sober. What does it mean to be sober? What does it mean to be sober? It means to be clear-minded. It, be, it means not to be under the influence of that which is of this world, of the flesh, or of the devil. It means to be spiritually alert. Be spiritually active. Be vigilant. Be spiritually active. Do you know how to activate your spirit, man? My spirit man, as much as I enjoy televised sports, that doesn't activate my spirit man. In fact, sometimes it gets my flesh stirred up. Can anybody say amen? We're not going there. All right. My spirit man. How does my spirit man get activated? Where the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of you, that's your spirit is activated through prayer, through praise and worship, through thanksgiving, through communion with other believers, through the Word of God. Your spirit man gets activated. Where I get defeated is when my spirit man is, is less active than my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, where I have the influence of my own flesh and even the devil. Are you spiritually active? I act, my spirit man is activated by the Word of God through prayer, through worship, through, through the investment of gifts, that is, through encouragement. You know, sometimes you don't need more faith, you just need a little encouragement. If you had that much faith, you could move mountains. Sometimes we just need some encouragement. Why don't we just admit it? You say, well, Pastor, I've been waiting on somebody to encourage me a long time. Well, why don't you try a different plan? Why don't you plan on sowing some encouragement and maybe, just maybe, you'd reap some. See, there is an eternal principle of sowing and reaping. And that will come in due season as we trust God. Be sober. Be spiritually alert. Be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Be spiritually active. Stir your spirit with worship, prayer, fellowship with other strong believers. And I meant it when I said, when we dedicated Matthew Fox. God has, I know every believer is a priest and a king in the New Testament era. Absolutely. But God has ordained that we not forsake the assembling of ourselves together. God has ordained that we be part of a faith family that lives and does life together. That's God's idea. God has ordained that.
Notice what he says next. Be sober, be on the alert, be vigilant, be spiritually stirred, because your adversary. That is a legal term, boys, in the Scriptures. Your adversary. How many of you know you got an adversary? He's personal. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I got better news for you than that. 1 John 2 says, not only do you have an adversary, but you've got an advocate. You've got a super lawyer. He's never lost a case. Jesus Christ the righteous, pleading your case before God Almighty right this very minute. I'd rather have an advocate than an adversary. Hallelujah. Hey, hey, I said I'd rather have an advocate than an adversary. Amen. Your adversary, the devil. The word for devil in the Greek is diabolos. Dia and bolo. The two, the combination of dia against and bolo to throw. All right, now watch this. Look at the context. The context is to cast all your care over on him, right? That's the context. Diabolos, the devil, throws against the screen of your mind thoughts of worry, fear, anxiety. No wonder the Lord says to cast our care over on him. Because Diabolos, your adversary, roams about. What does that mean? That means he's mobile. You say, Pastor, that is bad news. No, that good news. If he's mobile, he's not omnipresent. Hallelujah. He is no match, no match for he who is omnipresent, who is always in you and with you as a believer. No match. Your adversary, the devil, roams about. He is mobile. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, we almost never come face to face with the devil like Jesus did. Almost never. Now, we call it the devil. But if you want to get really spiritually technical, it's probably a demon that is under the influence and control and direction of the devil. One-third of the angels of heaven followed Lucifer in his rebellion and were cast down to the earth. Demons have strategies of authority and of influence. There are principalities, there are powers, there are world rulers of this darkness. There are stratas of demonic power and demonic assignment. Understand this, that few of us will ever come face to face with the devil himself. Because he's just a created being. He's not omnipresent. And I am really sick of hearing believers saying, the devil made me do it. The devil didn't make you do anything. It's also not scripturally accurate to blame the choices of our own flesh on the devil every time. 
That gives him way too much credit. Now, what the Word would tell us is this. Do not, do not be ignorant that the diabolos, the one who throws against the screen of your mind, of your soul, do not be ignorant that because he is walking about like a roaring lion. Why do lions roar? Here's what my research has found out. Lions roar to mark their own territory and to call those of like animal instincts to communicate with a network of other lions. Hmm. Have you ever thought about this, though? If a lion is roaring, he don't have anything in his mouth. I've also understood this, lions roar to paralyze their prey with fear. Do you understand that the devil himself is not a roaring lion? He comes like a roaring lion trying to paralyze you with fear, trying to mark territory that belongs to God Almighty and the Lord Jesus, yours. Your territory is the son and daughter of the king. And trying to get other spiritual forces of darkness involved in your demise. Never forget what Jesus said, John 10, 10. Jesus said, the enemy comes, the thief comes, the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But notice... <clears throat> That although he roams about, he's mobile but not omnipresent. He roars to try to paralyze us in fear. Notice what he says here. He's seeking someone whom he may devour. Hmm. Look at the context. Remember what I've tried to always teach you over these 20-something years. A text without a context is a pretext. Look at the context of this scripture. He is seeking someone he may devour. Who is the someone in this context? Look at verse 7. Somebody who's carrying their own worries, fears, and anxieties. Those, listen, if you are worried, fearful, and anxious, you are very attractive to the devil today. Because you are in a weakened position. If you are preoccupied with worry, fear, and anxiety, you are not taking an aggressive stand to cast all your cares over on the Lord. Those, listen, listen, the body of Christ, are, we are ignorant of some things. Those whom the enemy is most attracted to today is not drug addicts or alcoholics or pornographers. Those who are the, the enemy is most attracted to today is a believer who's carrying his own worry, fear, and anxiety. He's roaming about, seeking whom he may devour. And in the context of this scripture, it is me when I get worried, fearful, or anxious, and you as well. Do you know? 
that if the enemy or his henchmen are roaming the vicinity of your life with their with the network by which they can observe the actions on the earth, if they see that I'm worried, fearful, and anxious, you had better expect a a doorbell to ring. Why? Because, remember, bottom line, if I'm carrying my own cares, I'm not humbling myself under the mighty hand of God and he resists me. Oh my, if I can't walk under the control and direction of the Holy Spirit, what chance do I have against the roaring lion who comes to steal, kill, and destroy? My own worry, fear, and anxiety is what makes me vulnerable to the enemy's attack. I believe the Lord gave me this this morning as I was going through the Scripture again. You know what? Diabolos, the devil, yes, he's our legal appointment, our uh, legal opponent. That word also means that he is an accuser. Revelation 12 says that the devil is an accuser of the brethren who accuses us before our Father night and day. How many of you know there's a greater witness before the throne of God, though, and that's the blood of Jesus? But also remember this that we overcome the devil by the application of the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That is, our testimony based in the word of God. Can I ask you a question? When Jesus came against demons or the devil, what did he do? Matthew chapter 4 tells us the answer to that. No dialogue, no conversation, none. Jesus didn't see and say, okay, let me see, what kind of demon, what kind of devil are you? Let me think about this. No dialogue, no conversation. If you're having dialogue and conversation with the devil, you're probably out of balance. The only thing that we're to do are to issue commands, not dialogue. Jesus spoke commands to the devil. It is written. In other words, the Word of God says. The Word of God says. The Word of God says. What else did he do, Pastor? Nothing. After he continually met the temptations of the devil with the Word, the Bible says that the enemy left him and angels came and ministered to him. The Word of God has more authority than the suggestions of the devil. He is an accuser and he will constantly accuse you. You're not the kind of parents you should have been. You're not the husband or wife you should have been. You're not the business person you should have been. You're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. Have you ever noticed how the Word of God says you are, you are, you are, you are, you are? You're loved, you're holy, you're righteous, you're blameless, you're forgiven. You're a child, you're an heir, you're a joint heir, and the devil says you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not. You're not what you should be, you're not what everybody else is doing. You're not, you're not, you're not. You don't make this much, you don't make enough money, you don't do on and on and on and on. You're not, you're not, you're not is the voice of the accuser of the brethren. 
why don't you remind the enemy that you are who you are in light of who God says that you are? Here's what the devil, here, here is what the devil is. God gave me this this morning. The main way the enemy has success in the realm of our minds is he is a forecaster of disaster. He's a forecaster of disaster. Oh, you're going to lose your family. You're going to lose your health. You're going to lose your business. You're going to lose your money. You're going to lose your prestige. You're going to lose. Can I tell you something? If you get absorbed with losing, you have just got absorbed with what the enemy wants you to think. He is a forecaster of disaster. This is not going to go well. In your mind, your mind is going to constantly go to a forecast of disaster if you're not operating under the direction of the Holy Spirit and the teaching of the Word of God. What do I have to do for that to happen? Nothing. Just put your little vehicle in neutral and it will drift back down to a forecast of disaster. And the word says in verse 9, resist him. Resist him. Aggressively take a stance of resistance. We just said what Jesus did. He just spoke the word. Be aggressive with it. Don't be passive toward the evil one, but don't be absorbed with the evil one's desires and his agenda. Philippians 4, verse 5 through 7 tells us not to be anxious about anything. Instead, I love that about this passage. God has used this passage in my life. I can't tell you how many countless times God has used this passage in my life and does so to this day because it's, look, as long as we got skin on, worry, fear, and anxiety are going to be a fight. Right? All right, remember this. The Word says, do not be anxious about anything. Instead, here's the plan. In everything, in everything, by prayer and supplication. What is supplication? Intense prayer based on the promises of the Word of God. With prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known to God. Are you telling God what you want to come to pass? Why not? The Word gives us that invitation. Do not be anxious about anything. So what do I do? In everything. Okay, Lord, I've got worries about my children, worries about my grandchildren, worry about my business, worried about my health. Okay, I'm going to shift gears here, and I'm going to make this a matter of prayer to you. I believe that you care for me. I believe you have my best interest at heart. I believe that all the promises of God are yes and amen. And so therefore, I pray and I ask according to what I know is the Word of God. I supplicate. I come to heaven's bank and I make a withdrawal based on what the Word says. And I declare that your desire is in my best interest. That's a supplication. It's a withdrawal of something that's in your account by the Word of God. Hallelujah.
in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Do you know how powerful it is to shift your mind from the forecast of disaster to giving thanks to the, to the God in whose hands your life is? What a powerful change of atmosphere. When you get into an atmosphere of thanksgiving, it changes everything around. Everything around. Thanksgiving. And notice the promise of verse 7 is in the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. You need that kind of reinforcement today? The peace of God. I know I do. And put on the weapons that God has given you. He didn't tell you to go out there looking for demons. He told you to dress yourself in your armor. Sharon's class is going to be teaching on the armor of God. Put on the whole and entire armor of God that you may be able to stand against the methods of the evil one. Stand therefore having girded your waist with truth. Thy word is truth. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness, you are my right standing before God. Put on the shoes of peace and raise up the shield of faith. Putting on your head the helmet of salvation, deliverance, rescue, and well-being. And take up the sword of the Spirit, the spoken rhema of God. Praying at all times in the Spirit. Putting on that armor of God. Putting it on. Putting it on. Resist Him steadfast in your faith. How many of you know that James 4, 7 says, if you resist the devil, he will flee from you. Don't be intimidated by the enemy. He will flee from you. How do you resist him? In the Word of God, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Standing in the armor of of God. Putting it on. Applying it. Being aggressive. Casting all your care over on Him. Well, let's all stand. Would you give thanks to the Lord just in your own heart here today? Would you give Him thanks? Jeff's playing is God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and a sound mind just release to the Lord right now in your own heart in prayer would you release him all your worries cares and anxieties would you tell him that you're done with listening to the forecaster of disaster. That you're going to take an aggressive stand by the word of God and prayer, thanksgiving.
standing in faith, believing that He cares for you. Oh Lord, let the Word of God, let the Word of God be deposited deep in our hearts. And may we not just hear it, may we receive it in our inner man. We know that it will always be faithful to do its work. It will not return to you void. I pray for myself, I pray for this church family and all who are listening, Father, electronically all across this world. Deliver us from worry, fear, and anxiety. Let your spirit and your word raise up a standard against the enemy today. May we get sober-minded and vigilant. May we stop listening to the adversary and listen to the advocate. Fill all of those who hear this word with your spirit break the grip of worry, fear, and anxiety today. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, and all the people said, amen, and we'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.